Welcome to the Toad Spades Ministry of Truth. We have always been at war with Snowball. Oh no, I have already mixed up my George Orwell references. Your thought police for today are... I'm Zara. My first birthday was more controversial than Madonna's Like a Prayer VMA performance. I'm Deepu. It's morning again in America. Wait, is it? I'm Brandon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Toad's Faves. Hi, Zara. It's been a while. It's been a while. We're getting back into it in this. Getting back into it. We have a whole new system for recording that hopefully will help you, the viewer, and us, the uh, podcasters. Who are the viewers? Oh, me looking oh. at it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> looking at your iPad? I'm so used to YouTube. Um, <laughs> it's the people listening and imagining very like visually what's happening. Like very graphically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. But uh, we have a fun one for everyone, so... Define 1984, the year. So the thought behind this, the thought police behind this was that um, we've always wanted to do uh, totes faves based on a particular year. And so when we were trying to think of what year should we do, the year that seems to be popping up in the news a lot right now is 1984, largely due to the George Orwell um, dystopic, dystopic, dystopic. Yeah, I guess the idea is it. 1984 wasn't as bad as 1984. That's what we're realizing. It was actually a pretty good time. So George Orwell was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. So the general idea is that even though everybody's predicting doom for the future, 2024 is going to be wonderful as 1984 was through our eyes now. I think I just got it. I mean, it does have a a couple, one or two levels. There's a couple layers, (laughs) but I think... Yeah, I think that's we, really beautiful. I think we got it. We all know where where, where we're gonna where we're. we're but uh, well, gonna just go. real quick, what are we looking like? What is a nineteen eighty four winner? Right? Is it is it something that has tried the the test of time, or something that was really just so embodying it in I the think moment, or is both? Well, it's our favorite. It's as, our as favorite. always, it's our favorites. But I think mm. if as we weren't exactly well, as Deepu said, he wasn't alive in nineteen eighty four when we were. Emailing. No, I was one years old. So. <laughs> but I, you did say. We weren't alive in 1984. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, you know, as a cognitive neuroscientist, I don't really think uh, a baby is alive till its fourth Whoa, birthday. Con- Whoa, controversial. Ha- hashtag controversial. women's rights. Let's, let's get... <laughs> begin. Round one. Sony Discman versus Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh. So oh. I think the Stay Puft, Mr. Stay Puft might be Brandon's. Yes, how'd you know? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think Sorry, we've heard we've talked go. about Ghostbusters before, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to just do the movie. I wanted to do it with something particular that I liked from it. Um, so I went with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, who is a large marshmallow man from the movie Ghostbusters, released in 1984. I've talked about Ghostbusters, I think, about three or four times on this podcast. Um, so I had to pick just one part of Ghostbusters for this, um, and I think that uh, he is a he's the climax of the movie. Um, he is a he's a sailor. He's in New York. And uh, we get him laid. Uh, shouldn't be. Shouldn't have a problem. Uh, quote Bill Murray as Peter Venkman. Um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I think uh, embodies 1984 because he's he's big. He's uh, you know messy. And New York at the time was going through some problems. And I think uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was funny because it was such a 
anti idea of what New York was big, happy monster. And New York is dirty and scummy and, and crazy. And, uh, I think he's, uh, the, one of the ultimate movie monsters. Um, awesome. So I, uh, t- took a different, I did, there are some pop culture things on my list, but this one is purely technology based. It is the disc man, the Sony disc man, uh, which followed Sony's Walkman um, in 1984. And it was the first personal portable compact disc player and um, that was ever created. And it came out in November um, 1984 after the guys at Sony were like, I think this new CD thing might be might just guys pan out. The just the guys. It's no, a hundred percent. It was probably it's Japan <laughs> in the eighties. No. It is entirely male. If, if, there, if there's a secretary at all, um, and even at this time, there were only a thousand titles available on CD. The first one was Billy Joel's Fifty Second Street, so you could get that. Oh. Um, and the idea came the head of the audio division. Basically, like it, this could just be a legend or it could be real. I like to think of it as real because it's in Wikipedia. Um, and he cut a piece of wood into a square and held it up to his designers and said, you have to match the size of this piece of wood for this to be successful because it had to be a portable thing. And they ended up not only matching the piece of wood, but it was slightly smaller than the piece of wood. And oh. there you go. And then the Discman was made and born in 1984 and it changed the world because suddenly it was like, oh, wait, this is like actually very useful and people could carry music around with them. Not so successfully because at the time it skipped a ton and there weren't really batteries, but <laughs> no skip protection that came no later. skip protection that came later and um, good batteries came later. But just the idea that you could buy a CD put it in your CD player and carry it around with you changed every, I changed the world and changed my life because it was like, I did have a Walkman, but when I had my Discman, that was like, I'd say my entry into music. It sounds like 50,000 yen well spent. <laughs> I looked up how much it costs. It costs 50,000 yen. Um, so I'm really shocked that the Discman came out in 1984 because I feel like I didn't get one till middle school. So it's like interesting that there might have been like a 10-year lag. Did you have that many between yen? Like the- Did one-year-old Deepu have that many yen? No. <laughs> no, I, I had zero yen. Maybe like 10 yen a week? Was that a normal but you know, I, I mean, Your description made it make it sound like it was a very small device that they came up with. The thing, the first Discman it's was... pretty... And so the thing is, like, the actual first one, it, it was portable, but it wasn't really as portable as they were advertising because it, it skipped so badly, you would have to, like, set it down on a surface to make it work. So it wasn't, like, a Walkman where you could actually walk around with it. And then the first version didn't have any electricity or batteries. It had to be plugged in. Oh. And then later they built it with batteries and later with skip protection stuff. Okay, maybe that's why I don't really remember it as a Yeah, thing no, no, no. Like, I think, yeah, I think my first Discman, it was a Sony Discman, but I probably got it in like 92 or 93. I can tell you about um, one thing that can walk around. It doesn't even <laughs> require batteries. And he doesn't skip. And that's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And for the viewers... As a Deepu, <laughs> I have produced a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man as evidence. from the ether. Um, to why he is well, so wonderful because I, I need we need to sell this to Deepu. Deepu, look at that. I face. have two things that Deepu, I need to say about the this man, day. Isn't, um, that, isn't that the, the creature that you would want to, to destroy you? 
I really, I really like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but I feel like in over the past uh, half a year to a year, that sick fuck named Brandon has really made me uncomfortable with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. The first one is once I was with Brandon and he made marshmallows from scratch and then took some photo of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Cutting the marshmallows out of the bin. Hashtag, that's gross, because it's sort of like he's masturbating. Second, (laughs) talking about masturbating, just five seconds ago, Brandon describes the Stay Puft Marshmallow as messy, sticky, happy, and the climax of Ghostbusters. All of that is true. All of that is true. I never thought of it as seminal, but that's enough to win my vote. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did always have a dream at the end of Ghostbusters when they explode him and everyone gets coated in marshmallow. I remember seeing that <laughs> as a child. <laughs> I was like, this is the best. There's marshmallow all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Freudian. Yeah. I think if the Discman was the Discman of our actual childhood. That's true. This was like the prototype. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, not to foreshadow the future, that I'm um, not endorsing prototypes, <laughs> but, but I will. I don't think I can endorse a prototype uh, CD player it was at the expense of the Stay Puft Marshmallow and who was the real deal in the moment. Yes. The Marriage of Miss Piggy and Kermit versus Tetris. Oh, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and start because I picked Tetris which, what a delight to find out uh, that Tetris was made in 1984. Um, for nobody who's not familiar with Tetris, it's sort of the best solitaire game in, in the world. I logged probably over five hours a week of Tetris for every week during grad school because it was my number one stress relief. And that was probably the uh, like middle ground of how much I've played Tetris because I played it so much more when I had a Game Boy and didn't have that many friends. So it plays a really important role in my life. Um, But, A, the reason why Tetris is awesome is because of its longevity. It's lasted forever. And, B, I think it's, you know, embodying this idea of a story of hope, right? That the, the, the forlorn years, but hope in the future. Tetris was made in Russia and came over as the only game from Russia to the United States during the height of the Cold War. And if that doesn't say something that also talks about technology, the Cold War, fun, Russia, and uh, my my um, happiness, what else should win a totes fave? Battle. I can tell you what brings complete total happiness, and that is when the, the two people that you care most for as a child um, get married. And that was um, when Miss Piggy and Kermit get married at the end of 1984's The Muppets Take Manhattan. It is the first time that I've cried as a, um, as a human watching a movie. Um, and I didn't understand what was happening. And I had to go, uh, I remember I had to go to my mom and say, what's happening? I watched this movie and now I'm crying. <laughs> um, uh Muppets Take Manhattan is a wonderful movie at the again at the climax of the movie. Um, The Muppets (laughs) all get together, all get together again, and um, make a Broadway show. And in the Broadway show, Miss Piggy and Kermit get married. And I, I just as I'm thinking about this right now, I'm not sure whether the marriage is in the Broadway show or it's actual marriage. That's in a Broadway show, and every night when they put on the Broadway show, they get married. But the first one, maybe, it counts under law. Who knows? These are the mysteries of Muppet Segment. 
quick question is it consensual because like i always thought that it was sort of like miss piggy was a dom and like uh like it was kermit wasn't really into it so i think i actually there is a line in there that it's usually i think gonzo who was meant to officiate in the in the broadway musical version but then it's a real priest and so, so that's something Piggy does to trick Kermit into oh, marrying. Like a, oh boy, her. I didn't know. Oh, that. so the whole thing's the whole thing's a fraud. Like usually, <laughs> unlike Tetris, which is like the most real thing. But possible. usually, but they, all, in the of, musical, but all of the was, Sesame Street characters showed up. Oh my god, that part kills me. <laughs> so wait a minute, you know, Zara, let me just ask you: What is a more satisfying union, um, <laughs> Kermit being tricked by Miss Piggy into a wedding? Or setting up your Tetris board so that the long Tetris piece fits perfectly oh. on the left-hand side of the screen, getting rid of all four squares at once. Or when you have that L shape and you're bringing mm. it down and you switch it at the last moment so it fits and into a slide, it right, slide in. it right in. Yeah. I, I will counter. So this just, is like just a dirty what, episode. I, I, I will counter that to Zara with an I do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would, oh, I, I would so like... I <laughs> I do want to add the tidbit because I truly have to go with Muppets because that <laughs> breaks my heart into a thousand pieces. It's oh. one of my top ten cry moments, and but I will say, and I think Deepu would appreciate this, that my mom used to steal my Game Boy to go play Tetris by herself oh, growing up. I believe that because she loves well, the puzzle knew, game. I knew the day would come that you start to pick Brandon over your mother. We both we both <laughs> predicted it. <laughs> Me and your mother both predicted this day would come. I just didn't know it would be that soon. It's of Kermit What's a mother to do? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Pick your, pick your boyfriend. It's fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> You'll just be playing Tetris by yourself on my yeah, yeah. Well, 1990 no, me, Game Boy that's still in a little bag in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> me and your mom are going to play Battle Tetris against each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never. It's not a big so deal. So we, did, oh, we had that Tetris. cord. Oh, my God. Because that chord was only for that, right? There was no other game that was made. You would know this yeah, better I than I would. Yeah, so. um, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was, I think, that was high used stakes. it for trading. Remember that? But that was, that was in like 15 years later. But I mean, it was still on the Game Boy. Oh, my God. I love that, though, that there was like a whole technology built just so you could battle Tetris. They built it for other well, things. We'll get into this non-consensual wedding later. Okay. <laughs> Round two: Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom versus the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, so soon, oh, so soon. Well, this is the battle—the battle of all battles of pop culture references. We've already heard about that lame Stay Puft, <laughs> so I'm going to argue briefly for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, I don't know if this is an egregious statement, but this was always my favorite of the Indiana Jones. Um, you know, it was directed by great Steven Spielberg. It takes place in North India. And just in general, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. But what happens is there's a set of desperate villagers, um, and they just need to find this mystical stone and rescue their children from this cult of Kali worshipers, (laughs) Hindu worshipers that are into black magic and human sacrifice and child labor. Um, the reason I love it is that it's it's full of whimsy. It's a great Indiana Jones movie. I think they really hit their mark when they got to this one. And I think most importantly, um, I, this probably isn't true, but this is the first Indians I remember in pop culture ever existing. Like this was my cornerstone into an Indian being on media. Like sure, they were evil monsters, but like you got to get there somewhere. And now we have Aziz and Zari. So you tell me, what does the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man given us in the world? <laughs> 
Um, d- huh? No, that's a question. What has it given us? Dibu, uh, that's more important. You're preaching to the culture. you're preaching to the choir because <laughs> Temple of Doom was on my list as well. This is one oh, of the devils. No. <laughs> oh no! I cut you off. I sort of mansplained over you. No, no, I, I have your, so many. I'll save my. I'm going to save my tidbits because <laughs> I'm going to let Brandon. Do you want your chance? To, I mean, you talked a little bit about Stay Puff. Do you need a? <laughs> I, 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 because I can go at length. <laughs> Temple of Doom. Again, I I picked up a portion of my movie because I I wanted I I have uh, talked plenty about Ghostbusters. I, I also deeply love Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, so it's like I'm f- completely happy with that. So the I agree with Deepu that Temple of Doom as a child was my favorite of them, and now no. when I was researching, I love seeing how much. Like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg hate this movie. It's like they're especially Steven Spielberg's like embarrassed by it. He thinks it's too dark, too depressing, too violent. And I, as a child, I absolutely loved it. And going back through my memories, it really feels like ten movies in one. Like I completely forgot about the whole Shanghai sequence. Like there's a whole part, whole battle in Shanghai before they even get to India. And then even within India, it was like finding the village. Then the whole thing with the um, like Mole Ram, Ram and like the the Temple of Kali and all that stuff. And then escaping and the whole dinner party, the dinner, whole party. dinner party where they eat the mon- the monkey head and the snakes. You don't know how many times in my life I've been asked if I eat snakes. <laughs> like, thank you, Temple of Doom. <laughs> You're creating a discourse between ignorant white people and Deepu in Ohio growing up. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, I mean, I'm not something. being called a Native American. What a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because that's like all the things are... Some <laughs> When you read into it, they're like, yes, it's problematic. It's depictions of how India is. But then at the same time, I was like, but it looks really awesome. <laughs> they get to eat monkey braids. Well, we can get into I know that we were going to save I all this, but we're too excited. Yeah, we're too excited. Okay. <laughs> The Muppet Babies, Season 1, Episode 10, Gonzo's Video Show, Versus, Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you, which one? Yeah, Muppet Babies is me. <laughs> yeah, you can go first with Muppet Babies. Okay. <laughs> um, so Brandon reminded me that I should partic- take like particular moments. So the Muppet Babies debuted in 1984. It was based off of that one little Muppet sequence in... Was it the Muppet movie or Muppet Takes Muppets Take Manhattan? Muppet, so the same Muppets we've the aforementioned Muppets Take Manhattan. There's a ten minute baby Muppet scene, and so they decided to make an animated show out of it. And so I absolutely loved it when I was little. It's all of the Muppets are there plus some extra ones. So now like Scooter has a sister. Girlfriend, sister, 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 sister girlfriend. Sister girlfriend. <laughs> what are you insinuating? I don't. I, also, Skeeter's say. not into boys. <laughs> We're not into girls. What? Skeeter. Skeeter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, get <laughs> I was like, I think he is. Um, but so this particular episode, I thought was a perfect example. It's called Gonzo's Video Show, and in it, Nanny gives Gonzo a camcorder. And he goes around and makes movies with all the Muppets. And so the episode's 18 minutes long. There's like eight minutes of funny like movie parodies, including a full 80s, almost like gem in the holograms music sequence with Miss Piggy as a like an 80s pop star. And then it just turns into a 10 minute Star Wars parody, like a full on 
not even a parody. And I mean, it's a parody in that the baby Muppets are doing it, but it's really, it's just like reenacting Star Wars. And so when I saw this as a child, this was actually, I watched this before I even saw Star Wars. So when I later saw Star Wars, the relevance for me was seeing, have, I'm like, oh, this is what the Muppet Babies were doing. This is like a parody of the Muppet Babies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and rewatching it today, it was like, oh, yes, that's, uh, it's, it's exactly the same. <laughs> um, so I, this is a, this is a choice I made purely from my heart. Like, literally just like the joy from my heart when I hear Denise Williams' second number one hit song that was featured on the film Footloose. Let's hear it for the boy. I was like, I've got to pick this. There's no choice. I've got to pick it. It's right now currently number one on my karaoke go-to song list, even though I've only sung it twice. It's um, it's great. The music video is great. You see, you see the cast of, of Footloose. But you see Denise Williams and she's very happy for her boy. And like her boy, he doesn't talk sweet. He doesn't have a lot to say. He doesn't dress fine. Like there's all these things he doesn't do, but he loves her, loves her, loves her. And he knows he loves her anyway. So it's just a great story. It's a fun, upbeat song. And, you know, the reason to pick it is that I feel like this podcast is really just becoming let's list our top five favorite Muppets every week. (laughs) So I don't don't know if we want to put in any sense of variety into it. But if we just want to make the podcast called like Totes Muppets, that's cool, too. But if we want to like maybe support a uh, strong female voice in 1984. Like Miss Piggy. We could pick her. Like Miss Piggy's um, pop song in the Muppet Babies episode, <laughs> where she was channeling oh, Madonna, a strong female voice of color in, in the early 1980s. Then we can we can, or we could just pick the Muppet Babies again. It's fine. <laughs> um, I will say I love how you picked this song because I didn't realize that 1984 was such a, a ripe year for songs. It's like it really was. It's Purple Rain came out. Um, Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> yeah, like um, Born in the USA. Yep, I picked it over that. Yeah, like it's just a, there's so What's many that things. Christmas Wham song that was that was really close. Um, so there were the Band Aid that oh, no last Christmas. Like, la- last it wasn't last Christmas. Christmas. It was um another Wham oh. song. The, no, no, you have thinking, was, I think wait, you're thinking of ba- uh, Band Aid. I'm thinking of Band Aid, and but then Deepu was saying George Michael. But this also, but this was but like Wham, this was Wham's year. Yeah, this is Wham's year. Yeah, this yeah. is when but the I T-shirts still thought, come out. For the boy. This, Frankie says, relax, like, relax. Yeah. Like, it's, that's it. This is, like, that this year. This is a big year. Of, like... It was a big year for music, but this one was one that was nominated for an Academy Award. I didn't know that. It didn't win it, but it was nominated. <laughs> I mean, it's a great song. I love it. Even over Footloose? It's from Footloose. No, but I mean, but over, over the Footloose. song Footloose. Over Footloose, yeah. This was the hit. It's so weird to think, of that, to think about that. I never... Not I, for me. it feels perfectly normal to me um i know i'm not gonna win this i actually love the muppet babies a lot too and it's just muppet central here but we really need to bring on a guest that isn't into the muppets (laughs) sometimes i don't even feel like i'm into the muppets because brandon is so into the muppets it's like i don't even touch that so in my mind this is just like another choice it's not just like a muppet choice well if you both want to go that way i do like deepu's um let's hear it for the boy i really like footloose um, and if I'm thinking, I mean, what? I can relinquish this knowing that the Miss Piggy Kermit wedding. Is, oh yeah, is and if we down let, the line. if we get let's hear it for the boy into the second round, I'll sing a couple verses for it. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm really tossing it around because I I do think Footloose is an excellent film. It doesn't get enough 
Um, this is good enough play. Yeah, and um, I picked a very unique moment from Footloose, something a little unexpected. <laughs> yes. I, I've, um, I don't know. I, I, what do you think, Zara? Do you, do you, do you really, are you, how passionate are you about Muppet? I, I Muppet, Muppet Babies is like, I, it's hard. It's I don't like, know if her passion matters as much as what's the right answer. <laughs> you know? What defines 1984 more? Can I what just read, can I read the pun more? Muppet names when they're in the Star Wars parody? That could help. That could help. Kermit Skyhopper. Oh, I remember that. Princess Piggy, which is not even a pun. <laughs> Scooter D2. That's right. Obi Rolf Kenobi, which is also That's horrible. not That's a pun. <laughs> and my favorite. Like Obi Zara Kenobi. <laughs> my character, Obi Zara Kenobi. <laughs> my favorite one, though, is Animal Vader. Animal is Vader. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> not. <laughs> This should work against him. Brandon, really, what defines 1984? Is it is it Animal Vader or, or is it? Let's hear it from for the boy. Up at least that was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with let's hear it for the boy. I'm fine with that because Woo! I've said everything I needed to say about Mama Babies. <laughs> Animal Vader. Animal That's what Vader. You had to say. That's all I needed to say. Macintosh versus the marriage of Miss Piggy and Kermit. Okay, I really had my fingers crossed that Brandon would also pick Macintosh because I'm I did zero research. Shocked was I did. right or was I right? I'm shocked he you wait, you did pick it? I did pick Macintosh. That's why I didn't oh, pick it. Oh thank God. God. I was like I was like, he didn't pick this. Of course I didn't. Because <laughs> I have I literally have z- nothing to say about it, except that it seems really important. Okay. So if you, uh, I'll start on Macintosh to, to for, for us Deepu. Um uh, Macintosh is um Apple computers. Third com- computer, um, well, fourth. Well, anyway, sorry, I'll start over. <laughs> Macintosh is Apple's um, computer that came out in 1984 that revolutionized computing forever. Um, before that, computers were something that only um, enthusiasts use. You might say nerds, I, I might say enthusiasts. Um, but what the Macintosh did was it, it introduced a visual um, UI. So that before you had to type in command line, and then what Apple revolutionized was computers that had visual things that you clicked on with a mouse. Um, and this paradigm is what we you are using right now to record this podcast. I'm looking at three, four Macs. Like it, in it's, it changed the world completely. Com- um, the per and the personal computer, uh, and it starts really starts. With the with the Macintosh. Also, just add, to add on my uh, addition to the hype of it is that it also, uh, I think, launched the first of uh, Macintosh like dominating advertising because it opened with a uh, an advertisement that was uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Yes, and I really encourage you to look up this ad because it's it's it's, it's very uh, at the interface of. Yeah. <laughs> All coming yes. to circles. Uh, so I'll also say that I also uh, was in the paragon of the marriage of Miss Piggy and Kermit. Um, I do think that it is a wonderful moment. It's one of my favorite moments. But s- seriously, the Macintosh. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. Like, I thought you were going to say seriously, Miss Piggy and no. Kermit. <laughs> it's the Macintosh like revolutionized the world. So it's hard and like May- Apple was big, it did. Re- oh wait, um, 
Whoa, Whoa that so that's so weird. weird. So Siri was just activated. I don't know if you could hear that on, on Zara's phone. <laughs> Brandon activated my Siri by talking about the Macintosh. Oh, maybe it's a mention of Ridley Scott. <laughs> maybe Siri can fill us in. Uh, when was the Macintosh invented? Cogitating. I, oh. hate I hate Siri. Cut it out. She doesn't even, like, don't pay attention to this. Now I'm going to vote for Miss Piggy. Because that was so irritating to me. I hate Siri. But that, the Macintosh did not have Siri, so it's okay. <laughs> it did not have Siri. It's okay. I mean, I get it. Well, where, like, where are you landing, Zara? This is hard because it's like, I get it. I, like, I, the Macintosh I might be the single most. The Macintosh, but again, I'm, I'm kind of holding on to it for if I have to talk about it later. Um. Yeah. Deepu, I think, are you safe to go with Matt? Oh, yeah. I'm going to, I mean, I, I, um. <laughs> After your Muppets monologue last round. <laughs> yeah, I I'm. Do. Uh, I'm less of a Muppet <laughs> enthusiast and I really enjoy, um, computers. <laughs> <laughs> the Betamax case versus Michael Jackson's thriller. Oh, well. All right. I'll talk about the Betamax case, but this Please. is like, <laughs> I mean, against thriller, it's kind of like. Completely I have redundant. no idea what the Betamax case I'm going to tell you, it's really cool. It was something when I was just looking up moments that made 1984 great. It was in there and actually had huge repercussions on the world we know it today. It was basically a Supreme Court case between Sony and Universal City Studios about the u- using a Betamax to record TV and whether or not that's breaking copyright law, like to make a oh. video. And the Supreme Court ruled um, in favor of people making making videotapes basically and it completely changed the industry in the way that tv and movies are distributed and all the film studios were pissed off because they were like oh this is if people can just watch stuff whenever they want they're not going to go to the movies but in fact it turned into this whole amazing home video market and it opened up the doors to you know going to rent a video on saturday nights and recording all your favorite shows off off of the tv to watch later and the reason why I picked it was I'd, I want to like thank video for my entire pop culture education because as a child, we left America when I was 11, moved to Germany where all the TV was literally one channel was just a view of the Alps, like going back and forth with the weather <laughs> and the other channel was CNN and that was it for like three years. And so my grandmother, my wonderful grandmother in America um, used long play videos and record four hours of my favorite shows, which included X Files and Full House for those who are wondering at the time. And for new would, listeners, because any other listener would know. Toast games, what would be on those long play videos? Um, and send them to me. And so it's thanks to this court case that that it was able to work. That's a really beautiful choice. I know, but it's not. It's. Thank you it's not for thriller. patronizing me. It's, not thriller. it's like the driest thing ever. But I was yeah, like, your oh, actually, really this great. is a fun fact. So for Thriller, now I have to say, I have to discount, the album for Thriller came out in 1983. Uh, the video that we all love came out in January 2nd, directed by um, John Landis. It is a seminal music video. But the single for Thriller was uh, released in 1984. And it th- uh, this is also the year that it won every award period in Wait, the single came out after the album? I don't understand. Uh, the, you release singles uh, in a like in staggered schedule. 
Oh, I understand now. But is this not the video? This is the just... video was in. Yeah, December, what are you picking, the song or the video? I'm picking the song because I can't pick the video because I, it came out in 1983. Oh. I'm picking oh. the single thriller. Um, Wait. <laughs> uh, uh, I only like the video. You don't like the song and thriller? the album. You don't I like, like the when video Vincent and the Price album. Talks. You don't like. Um, yeah, well, I like when he talks before the werewolves and stuff come out. Yeah. And I like the dance that emerged because of the music video. And I actually, so I looked into Thriller and um, I just felt like I couldn't defend it, but I thought I could defend Captain EO, but that doesn't come out for another two years. And I was disappointed. <laughs> now, I also said I wanted to put on my list that, and this is mean, um, that this is also the year um, about two weeks after Thriller comes out as a single, um, this is also the, when Michael Jackson's hair lit on fire the, filming the, the Pepsi, Pepsi commercial. commercial. <laughs> that was also, so in the same list of moments of 1984, besides the Supreme Court case, the Betamax case, is Michael Jackson <laughs> catching on fire. The problem, uh, Brendan, is that you've now listed all these much more interesting things that are around Thriller that aren't Thriller. Like the, the album, song thriller? his hair catching on fire, the, the song music thriller video. is... is it is it is like the Halloween song, right? Every year, that's like the. But song is it the Halloween song because of the like video or because of the song? Do you hear the song? The song it comes on the radio. It comes on. Well, not the radios now, but you know it. it, it you know that's the song I always listen to every year to make it kind of feel like Halloween. Um, and it is. It's a. It's got a, that great nineteen eighties, uh, you know, horror vibe to it, um, and. It's 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 you know it's not the theme from Ghostbusters, but I couldn't I couldn't put another put Ghostbusters thing on, on this. List. I'm just worried that it's got a 1983 Halloween vibe when the album <laughs> came out. <laughs> but it won all of its reward its, its awards, and the single didn't come out you know on, on the radio and everything until um, as a single until 1984. But I, I also think the Betamax is very interesting. I would be fine if that won, but. <laughs> It's it's up to deep. Here. I'm just stuck a little bit on the fact that it's not the video. I couldn't make it the video. I know. I, I know. The video was still playing <laughs> at that point. Um, like not to be the Supreme Court judge of the Betamax case, but I'm gonna have to sort of like say this evidence has to be thrown out of the court. I object. <laughs> That's like a legal reference. Wow. Order in the court. Order in the court. The Supreme um, Court. Round three. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom versus Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh no, these two are oh. together. I can only be happy. I'll let you guys discuss amongst yourselves. Um oh, one fun fact I learned about Temple of Doom that everyone knows Indiana Jones is named after George Lucas's dog. But Short Round was, was also... Was also The character Chewie was based off of George Lucas's dog. It's a very... Uh, wow. But, like, each of their <laughs> their dogs... And then um, Short Round, who's the um, Chinese sidekick, was also named after one of their dogs. <laughs> and so was... Um, who it was Kate Capshaw's... Oh, no, Mole Rom. No, he was named after an actor. I think Kate Capshaw's <laughs> character was also named after a dog. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> sounds right. Sounds right. Um, so these, um, I know this is like a, a no-brainer. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. So you're saying that these men that are you know noted as some of the 
great creators in history were just looking at the dogs around them and coming up with ideas. Yes. Yeah. Everything. You know, <laughs> but this every, is what I love about this movie. Everything. Everything that yeah, I read about you. it today was like two guys who were miserable, like making something that they <laughs> didn't want to make, but were so excited well, no, about no, it. No, actually, like see, it came out so they, well. They both wanted to make it. The pro- and Steven like, Spielberg did not want to no, make no, it. No, they started the project wanting to. They wanted when they came up with the con- the concept of Indiana Jones, they wanted it to be a serialized character that would go on for twenty to thirty movies, and. Um, Temple of Doom, the reason why it doesn't continue the story of, of Raiders, in fact, it's a prequel to Raiders, is that um, they wanted to make him like a serial character. And they also didn't want to do something else with Nazis. That's what I yes. read. Yeah, they're like, enough with enough the Nazis, with Nazis already. And so what happened was... I'm going to make uh, Schindler's List in well, 20 years. In the process, <laughs> it was like Spielberg was going through a divorce. And so Lucas was George was a, Lucas. Is, like, they, they both in the process got but extremely Steven depressed. But Spielberg met Kate Capshaw. That's true. During, and named movie, a dog after and her. named her character <laughs> after a dog. Um, so I just have to put one more nod in because, like, you know, these are both mine, but it's like, which way would I go? You know how I kept on shoving in your face that um, uh, Let's Hear for the Boy was nominated for an Oscar? But uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom actually won uh, an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Oh, my. I mean, what visual effects? They're incredible. Great I know that beating heart that came out of his heart. I was like, can I do that? Cause I'm Indian. I don't know. I don't know. You have to drink that potion. Yeah. Were you I'm ever asked if you could do that? Deepu, after you ate um, some snakes, <laughs> that was my first birthday party. That was really controversial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you dip someone into a, <laughs> a lava pit. <laughs> I, don't, I, yeah, I, but, I gave you let's hear it for the boy last round, Deepu, but I can't <laughs> in good no. conscience pick it over Temple of Doom. I'm with you on this one. Like, there's no time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Macintosh versus the Betamax case. All right. I'm just, I mean, okay. this doesn't even have to be a discussion. <laughs> we could just move on. <laughs> Both tech things is interesting. Yeah. I've already bored myself. Let's <laughs> just go to the Macintosh. It's like if if the if the current time is defined by Netflix, I think the computer is more important than the take home video store, right? Well, you just need like the if, computer. You, know I mean? you need the Macintosh in order to watch TV. Watch the, the Netflix yeah. more than a video store. <laughs> yeah. So, final round: Macintosh versus Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This is a oh. perfect matchup, I think. Yeah, it, it does. Really, I think sum up 1984 in a really good way. I think this is what Toad Spaves is all about. I think I blew out my mic. That's an air horn. Sorry, Sorry I got too excited to blew out my mic. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, this is perfect. I don't even know. I don't even care which one wins because they're both so awesome. Tell me some Macintosh facts that you were saving up. All right. Well. What do you want? Where do you want to start? <laughs> the best ones. Um, the best one. So the idea of Macintosh. The, <laughs> the idea of Macintosh is famously uh, Steve Jobs and the Macintosh team uh, uh, got a meeting with Xerox, uh, who rumor had it had it was working on visual UIs, and it was something that they desperately wanted to do, but didn't have a lot, like, you know, didn't have as much research as apparently Xerox did. So they made a small investment so that they could go tour uh, Xerox 
and when they went towards Xerox, they saw everything visually, took it in, <laughs> and then a lot of those ideas made it into Macintosh, which I think is is a pretty oh interesting. It was story. cheating. It wasn't cheating. They developed a ton more. I mean, but like they took a a, a bunch of the a bunch of the ideas that kind of helped them get going. Um, but the initial idea for Macintosh. Uh, was put into Elisa, which was an extremely expensive project that was a young Steve Jobs passion project. He named it after his daughter. Who he uh, meets once a year at that big conference and then <laughs> reveals something deep about himself. And then next the year. The daughter that he designed the iPod for? Yeah. Oh, God. That's so, he so, could, so that she could fit a thousand <laughs> songs in her pocket? I'm referring to. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I the Steve Jobs movie. Steve Jobs movie, which everyone is the see. Uh, everyone see pirates. <laughs> everyone watch pirates. <laughs> watch pirates of the Silicon of Silicon Valley. It is an excellent movie about um, early Mac, um, early Apple, and early Windows, um, and it's much better than that travesty. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs. So speaking of what a travesty Steve Jobs is, do we really want to give him the win no, for nineteen eighty four? Not Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is an amazing oh, person. <laughs> the movie crud. Steve Jobs. <laughs> so we you know we all agree that Steve Jobs is the worst. Do we really want <laughs> like the real question is who do we like better, Steve Jobs or Harrison Ford? Yeah. Dr. Jones. <laughs> or what do we like better? Archaeologists or um computer technicians? <laughs> Oh, no. What do we like better? A beautiful hotel in India or some guy's garage? What do we like better? Rescuing children from mines <laughs> or putting children to children in mines. In mines to make computers in China? <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Brandon, this is the answers we want to know. What are your answers? Do you like... Um, the device in your, your lap, in your, in your, you know, on the couch right here, on the t- coffee table, on the other coffee table, on their desk. Um, He's just listing places where I have the box set of Indiana Jones resting. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, you made me sell. Zara saw me sell my Indiana Jones DVD box set, uh, so we don't have it, it at the Blu-ray. moment. <laughs> Everybody knows. Zara's like that girl from Signs, except for glasses of water everywhere. She just has box sets of Indiana Jones <laughs> <laughs> with like two of the DVDs are thrown away, and it's only Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, I don't. Know. It is. As a kid, it was my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And then I went through a period where I didn't like it. And now, watching it again, I actually think it is my favorite of the Indiana Jones It has Jones so much <sighs> in it. Because it is. it does feel like actual imagination happening. Not that the other one doesn't. Like The other ones are great movies. But like they were really trying something for, with the Temple of Doom. And it was you know, not the obvious thing to set something in northern india uh and it does and they use it they use northern india as much as they can and they use indian actors and oh, the indiana good. jones like indiana jones yeah, i'm like they didn't and, uh, get like, freaking ben kingsley <laughs> <laughs> the, the indiana jones ride is um based off of temple of doom yeah, yeah. i just think if, if if toad's faves isn't about 
anything but nostalgia, then I've been confused for the past year. But you know I what I mean? There's just amazing so amount, like, but I do have an amazing amount of nostalgia for for Macintosh. Like that was the computers that we all had, you know, in school growing up. No, and, no, I I agree. Like if it was like, like kid um, picks. So I was looking up. I, I'm so I'm oh. pro Mac Mac Paint came Mac out. Mac Paint. But like in that first Mac, those games were there was no Oregon Trail, there was no Kid Picks, there was no um, Treehouse. Those are, like, but those games came out games. for Mac. Totally, totally. But like a little, it's not like 1984. It was probably just like a basic operating system with the, the Susan Care Mac on it, right? Did it have Susan Care uh, then? Well, no, Susan Care is the Designed visual oh, designer okay. of okay. all of the icons and all the things that you love. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm in a losing position. <laughs> but it's like with love. I, I, I agree. I think it's yeah, a more fun Temple of Doom. <laughs> Aren't you a little happy about the Temple of Doom? No, like Temple of, I, of course. But I have to. I it, part of the game. I have to. I have to argue my, my side. And uh, that I would have probably put Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on my list if not not that I didn't like. If I didn't know that both of you also had it on your on your list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so I think I think we know Temple of Doom. Well, here's the racism towards India winning <laughs> winning the match. Finally. It's like less Finally. racism, more ignorance. I'd like to think. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> but you think that's different? That's cute. <laughs> Test complete. The Totes Faves 1984. The year number five: The Wedding of Kermit and Miss Piggy in Muppets Take Manhattan. Number four, the Betamax case. Number three, let's hear it for the boy. Number two, the Apple Macintosh. And number one, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Commence fave of the week segment. Uh, My fave of this week is a new acquisition in our house, and it is the Boda Milk Foamer. And it has completely changed our lives. (laughs) Um, Tell me more. Oh, well. It, we bought one of those Ninja coffee makers, which is the coffee maker you can get at Bed Bath & Beyond that Sofia Vergara is sort of the poster mm-hmm. child for. And um, it's a great... I think we've rec- we might have had the Ninja as a fave of the week before. It's like a very easy, uh, programmable coffee maker. That, and it comes with a little milk, milk foamer. And so we became, we became obsessed with... You just basically, the bottom part, you heat the milk in the microwave, and then it comes with a pump top that foams the milk. So it's not an electric thing at all. It's just a manual pump. And oh, that's nice. It's amazing. And that one eventually broke. And so on, from Amazon, I got a Bodum one, which has a little handle, which is perfect because that now when it's hot and you're taking it out of the microwave, you can just hold it by the handle. And it is perfect. And now we have hot milk in our coffee, and it's the best. Yeah, if you're not putting hot milk in in your coffee, you're you're a savage. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, that sounds wonderful. I, I I just like that it's not that it's um like uh, an analog. Yes, milk it's foamer. a hand pump milk. Foamer. I mean, it, it takes ten seconds. Yeah. to to do it. Um, and the Boda one is cheaper than the Ninja one, and it works better. Yes, they're also usually gorgeous. Is it gorgeous? Yeah, it looks like if you're familiar with the Bodum. Uh, French press. It looks just like that, actually. <laughs> Except not. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it has a handle. That's the only difference. I'm putting this on my registry. <laughs> Deepa, what, what's your pick? Oh, um, 
So there's um, a quote. I'm going to start with the quote and then use that as to explain what it is. Okay. So the, this this new music group, uh, their their tagline is: "You don't want music to be about a kiss on the cheek. It's so much more than that. It should be hardcore sex." <laughs> what band am I talking about? It's called uh, Three Ways, spelled with two threes, and it's a band uh, James Corden released on his show, which is Jordan Peele, Nick Kroll, and James Corden spoofing boy bands. <laughs> But making them just like hyper graphic and sexual. So, so they do, um, instead of I want it that way, it's I want a three way. And then instead of um, quit playing games with my heart, is quit playing games with my penis. <laughs> and they literally have like full YouTube videos and it's like comic genius. Like, I like immediately YouTube this. Um, I'll like endorse anything Nick Kroll is in, but like it's a really nice balance with James Corden and uh, Peel. I'm going to watch this as soon as we're done with this. Oh, Mbop is Mboobs. <laughs> <laughs> the height of comedy. The height of comedy. Yeah. Um, so I'm. I've got. I've got a bunch of things that I. I um, like to make my um, favor of the week, but I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna because it's been a while now. I think I'm gonna go with um, the Apple AirPods, which I'm currently wearing at the moment, um, and they're very hard to find. I'm selling a pair on eBay. If anyone would uh, would like to buy one, I might put a link in the show notes if if you'd like to buy them. Uh, but um, they are Apple's uh, wireless version of the Air, uh, headphones that you get in the in the box, and they seem like I know people made a lot of made fun of them um, because. You know, they seem kind of crazy. It also seems like you're going to lose them immediately. Um, I'm knock on wood. I've been pretty good about putting them back in the case. But once you have these headphones, once you like don't have wires anymore, you just kind of always have them in in a in a funny way, and they sound much better than the included headphones. Um, and it's just so nice to just like not have cords, especially as a clumsy person. I am always knocking cords out of my uh, of my ears and tripping over them or dropping my phone because I hit the cords. I hate cords. I hate them. And these things are amazing. Cord loose? Choo-choo! <laughs> 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 it's still my air horn. <laughs> still, still, we have to get you a real air horn. Oh. The neighbors would love So that. I guess the ideal situation then is... Um, Listening to Three Way on these AirPods while frothing milk and Zara's making uh, laser noises <laughs> in the background. <laughs> that is like the ideal Saturday. So relaxing. Yes. Um, so, Deepu, uh, what are you up to? Where can people find you? What's, uh, what's your mailing address? Um, all of that good stuff. Um, you can find me at... At VP Murdy on the old Twitter. I think I'm not using Instagram anymore, so that's not oh, a thing no. anymore. Oh, that's my favorite I just, I just, I only use it when I'm at a wedding with the two of you, and you guys tell me to use it. So that's just not getting enough. Right. Um, Have you seen all the fun messaging stuff on Instagram now? No, it just it doesn't even matter. I just <laughs> can, I, I can't even. Um, another place you can find me is we. Um, I, you know, I started doing improv and our team is gaining a smidge of traction. So we made a Facebook page. 
Um, so look up the deep end on Facebook, and then you can see our shows. We got booked to do a no wedding show. N- no Post rela- wedding. Post wedding. Except it's two members of the wedding. It's two members of the team are getting married. Oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> they requested what? that we do a show afterwards, but it sounds like we were booked to do a wedding. Yeah. So I like am framing it that way. And um, the deep end, I, I have to point out again, it's, it's no relation to your name. No, it is. They, it is. We're entertaining the name Deepu and the Jets, and I rejected that because it was a little too on the nose. So then uh, the, deep, the deep end emerged. Oh. It's because I'm the least talented person on the team, so they named it after me. <laughs> so thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, Just they're really above. sweet. Um, yeah, so the, those are the places to find me, or like you know, on PubMed. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, you can watch Watch What Happens Live on Bravo Sunday through Thursday nights, um, and watch things that I may helped make. And for Totes Faves, you can follow us um, on we're on Instagram at Totes Faves. We're on Facebook Totes Faves. And we also have a website. And, of course, we would love your comments. We would love your rating and reviewing and two cents on iTunes. Yes. Uh, do we have a, um, like a, a, a mission for people on iTunes this week? Um, what is your favorite part of Temple of Doom? Tell us. Yeah, what's your favorite, te- what's your favorite scene? Yeah, and, and what's like the most disgusting thing that they ate? Yeah, the monkey brains, the snake surprise. Or a child's heart. <laughs> so they don't really eat the heart. They just pull it out. Yeah, I just it's can only imagine crazy what's happening. <laughs> I think there's like a vindaloo that's happening. <laughs> um, you can find uh, my uh, history comedy uh, show at uh, youtube.com slash laughing historically. Also, we, I've really ramped up the Instagram and it's doing pretty well. And it's fun stuff um, at instagram.com uh, slash laughing historically um and you can listen you can find that show you can find totes faves um on the new i'm gonna do it zarma's gonna announce it yetycity.com i'm changing it to yeti city because it's a much better name (laughs) yeah i would uh vacation there (laughs) 